Welcome back to Mumblecore, our attempt at a movie podcast. And I'm Megan. And I'm Charlotte. But how was your week? Today, I biked to and from Coney Island. I have no idea if that's far. (laughs) It was far. It wasn't that far. I mean, it was far. It was like an hour each way. And I was like, I don't think I'm equipped for this physically. That's like a very and long, I, long bike ride. Yeah. And then I got a little sunburn at the beach. So I just like got home, sped ate some garlicky, oily, cheesy, cheesy pasta, which like can't go wrong with that. Ever nice. In this life. Took a hot shower. And then I'm like, oh, I feel crazy. <laughs> so I'm just like tired, but also like just ate so much. And anyway. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, that's I went nice. swimming. It was so cold. Yeah. I was like, wait, this might be a safety issue if I swim right now. But then other people did. Where do you go swimming in New York? I know that's like a dumb question, but like, do you have like a place you go? I prefer going to the Rockaways, to Rockaway Beach, which is like. Oh, so like beach swimming, not like swimming pool. Not swimming pool. Got it. Coney Island is a beach. Got it. Isn't that where pony dogs are or something? Is that a thing? Coney dogs? I have no idea. (laughs) I'm not from New York. Nathan's hot dog is down there. Like the Nathan's hot dog eating competition is there. I feel like I've heard of like, or maybe I'm, I don't know. I don't know at all. Never mind. Ignore everything I just said. Um, yeah, it's right next to Brighton Beach, which is actually where we were. We didn't actually, which is so, I was like, we're biking to Coney Island. And my friend was like, yeah, Coney Island is open, I think. Like, we should go. And then I kept suggesting that we, like, walk a little bit down the boardwalk to Coney Island. And they were like, no. Yeah. And I was like, we're here. Mm-hmm. like, what are we going to do, spend money on a ride? I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Am I crazy? Um, but I went swimming. It was probably, like, 48 degrees in the water, not in the air. Mm-hmm. That's freezing. That's cold. like really cold. That doesn't sound pleasant. Yeah, you can swim there or you can swim at the Rockaways. And the Rockaways are more like access to open oceans. So there's better waves. And it's less gross sometimes. Nice. You know? Okay. That's all. That's all I have to report. That's well, what I did today. Interesting. That's fine. I hate baklava. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's random. But. Did you watch the Oscars, more importantly? No. Are you I, serious? <laughs> I got a login from my mom. I watched Daniel Kaluuya win an award. Mm-hmm. And it was immediately like, this is boring. And I did anything His else. speech was wild. How did you find speech it boring? Funny. He literally was like, wow, my mom and dad had sex. Yeah. 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 And then it was just sort of like, okay, we're just going to be like, the next award. I was like, Ugh. Oh, you're not okay. Again, I'm not a fan. I, I love how like, you're like movie podcast. I hate the Oscars. It, it's they're kind of dumb. They're kind of like the same thing you see all the time. I think that the speeches are probably cool, but uh, I was like anything that's relevant, I can just read about later. That's the thing. Mm. Interesting. I had an Oscar viewing part, like get together with some friends, which was nice. At your place or elsewhere? Not at my parents' place. No. <laughs> I never know. Like. They're cool. They would be like, well, stay upstairs. <laughs> they would be. They would be. But no, I went down um, to like my friends like in LA and we had, we ordered some pizza and had some champagne and and like drank and watched the Oscars. And then it was fun. And it was. <laughs> okay. It was. And then it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, I don't know. It was a weird Oscars 
Like, it was very weird. They switched the order around, like, mm-hmm. banking on the fact that Chadwick Boseman was going to win Best Actor. Mm. So instead of... Do you know the controversy that happened? Because you who didn't won? watch it? Who won? You don't know who won Best Actor. Was it Gary Oldman? No. Oh, my God. Keep guessing. I want to see. <laughs> I don't even know who else was... I literally was like, who else was nominated? Um, Best Actor? Steven Yoon? Mm-mm. Was it an old dude? It was an old dude. Mark Rylance? Was he even nominated? He, I don't even know if he was, like, considered the lead. Um, what movie were they from? Wait. I'll, <laughs> I'll give you a hint. Uh, S- Silence of the Lambs. It's the least helpful hint I've ever gotten. Um, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins won for The Father. He did win for The Father. I did see that. <laughs> Yes, you're totally right. And they did think that it was going to be Chadwick Boseman. Yes. yes, and so they reordered okay. it and had Best Picture happen before Best Actress and Best Actor. And then, so like, Best Picture is usually where it ends, so we were all excited, mm-hmm. you're going to see it. Best Picture comes beforehand, so everyone's like, did we miss it? It's very weird, it's very confusing. And then we go into Best Actress, and then into Best Actor, and what's amazing is Anthony Hopkins was not there. So the last award, the winner was not there for it. And then Joaquin Phoenix just accepted on his behalf. But apparently there was rumors that there was um, Olivia Coleman was supposed to accept on his behalf if he won. And they just didn't know or something. And so they panicked and they just ended the Oscars. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix was okay. like, I accept this. And then it was like, roll credits. We're done. You know? That is the... Seems like not a good Oscars. It was... I did It was a little rough. That they kept cutting to Sasha Baron Cohen and Isla Fisher, who were just, like, standing against a background somewhere. They were, like, calling in. There was a lot of people standing around backgrounds. That's very weird. They did not cut anyone's speech, so it was just very, very long speeches. Mm -hmm. And then, quite possibly, the fastest in-memoriam section I have ever seen in my life. It looked like someone put it on fast-forward, like you couldn't even read the names as they were going. It was very strange. (laughs) Were there musical performances? They did them all beforehand. Like, during the pre-show, because they, like, pre-recorded all of the musical performances. It was a very weird Oscar. It was Just weird. Just call it quits. Yeah. Do you think the Olympics are going to happen this year? <laughs> I don't. I was just talking to my friend today, and he was like, I'm getting really psyched for the Olympics. And I was like, you think they're going to happen? And he was like, yeah. Like, athletes are already, like, you know, getting going to doing their trials. And I was like, No. Wait, when are they when are they supposed to happen? They're supposed to be, I think, in August of this year. I don't know. I think it it could be done with testing and stuff. Like we're doing it at movies, like potentially. Like it would not be the same thing where people are going to see the Olympics, but I think they could televise it and still have people perform. Yeah, I mean I guess it means stuff for the athletes' careers, but I'm sort of like all or nothing. Like either make it as good as it can be or don't. But I understand that there is, like, an industry and people who compete. Yeah, and also, like, you don't have many opportunities to go to the Olympics, and, like, each year your body's decaying, so, like, you gotta do it. (laughs) Gotta do it now. (laughs) What? There has to be something else of interest to talk about. Oh, that's, like, going on in life? going on in our lives. 
Oh my god, let me try to think. Oh my god, I got so blisteringly hungover yesterday. Because I got so drunk on Monday. And I... Why did did you get drunk on a Monday? It's not even... I don't even know. I met up with two people that I... Well, three people that I used to work with. And it's like, yeah. Like, you you know when you, like, go into... I mean, we went to college. <laughs> so I was like, you know when you go into an occasion, you're like, this is going to end poorly for me, like, alcohol-wise. Yeah. You're like, this is going to go over the top. Yeah. It did? Yeah. It, it did was, go over the it top? It was so bad. And then I woke up in the morning and I was like, I am bedridden. <laughs> I do this thing when I'm really hungover where I'm like, would it be psycho if I asked, if I like, texted my roommates and was like, bring me Gatorade? Um, and then I always decide that that would be psycho. And then I, like, hobble to the sink and get my water. Oh, and God. That sounds awful. It was just like, yeah, it, I, I always just get, I don't know, I get really dizzy, like the morning after too, I'm like dizzy, and then it's like hours of just like waves of nausea. You're like, am I going to throw yeah. No. Am I going to throw I will say as I'm getting older, <laughs> which I'm like still very young, but like I feel like every year hangovers get worse. They're and I think so that's just true, because I feel like in college, I was like, I didn't really get like hangovers like every once in a while you'd feel like a little off but i was like i literally would go from drinking my ass off on saturday to then like going up and doing that might that fucking aerial silks class i did on sunday like i was able to do both I like I was, aerial silks. <laughs> oh my god what a time <laughs> megan was like i didn't have hangovers and so i could do aerial silks yeah i was literally spitting and hanging upside down like the day after going out to a party no. and now i'm like i have to cancel recording because <laughs> we're, we're we're spending the day in bed yes it is a day in bed and then sometimes it is kind of magical the power of actually getting out of bed and like taking a shower and like eating toast mm-hmm. you're like oh that just worked. like eating something yeah yeah but you can't oh there's so many hours where you're like i just want to be unconscious like why yeah. won't my body just let me fall asleep the the worst hangover like situation for me now is when you're hung over and you you're not at your own home <laughs> oh no <laughs> because a lot yes. of times i go down to my friend's place in la and i'm like i'm not gonna drive back because i'm drunk so you fall asleep on the couch and then you wake up the next day and you feel fucking awful mm-hmm. and you're like i'm not in my space And then you have to drive home later. And then, like, my friend is very nice. Like, she always tries to, like, make a breakfast or something. But she always chooses something that I'm like, I I can't consume this in my body. Like, she just made, like, a very (laughs) yogurt-heavy shake once. Like, morning, like, smoothie situation. Ew, ew. And it was just, like, really, like, a lot of Chobani post-drinking, and I just was, like, I literally took, like, two sips, and I was, like, I think I'm going to vomit. Like, I just, I can't have yogurt in my body after this. I, God, no. I need plain buttered toast only. Yeah. Yogurt... It was just... If I think of a banana, I'll throw up. <laughs> no, like, think about someone putting, like, a very yogurty smoothie towards you, like, at your most hungover. And it's, like, a liquid, but it's a thick liquid. It's a thick liquid, and oh. you're, like, kind of, like, 
it's like, and she didn't have a straw, so you were like kind of like lapping it up, and you're like, do I use a spoon? And I, it was awful. I hate this vision for you. <laughs> it, oh, no. it was terrible, and it was one of those things where I didn't want to be rude, so I was like, because you're not just, in your own space. I'm not in my own space, and I can't be like this is going to make me vomit. And she was like, mm, I love this. I make it for myself all the time. And I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, sounds good. I have to get in my car and get an Egg McMuffin right now. Yeah. So now I've convinced her we always order in now. Like, we just are like, we have a place that we go. And we're like, let's get it. Nice. Problem solving. Yeah. But yeah, it was, I will remember that morning for the rest of my life because I've never felt worse. I hate hangovers. They are, I get, I feel... I don't know. Maybe I just drink. Maybe I'm just stupid. Um, but I'm like, I get bad hangovers. It's the kind where you're like sitting in front of your toilet. Like, am I going to throw up? You're like laying on your bathroom floor, sipping water like so slowly. Yeah. You can have like well, one cap full every 30 minutes and you're like, oh, I'll never recover from this. Those are the times where I'm just like, I want to throw up. I'd rather throw up yes. and be constantly nauseous. Then- I feel like we talk about throwing up a lot on this podcast. <laughs> Like, every time I go back and I was like, I think we've talked about vomiting 17 times within our <laughs> podcast experience. Oh, my God. I would totally rather throw up. <laughs> and just be like, like oh, yeah. God, I feel horrible and nothing is changing. Like, you sit there and you're just like, just make this happen for me. Yeah. Because then I'll feel better. The worst know? is when you're sort of like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then you, like, subtly pull your hair back. You're like, no, but I'm fine. No, but I'm fine. And you're like, okay, but your body says otherwise, Charlotte. <laughs> these the actions you're doing say otherwise yeah it was fine i got over it i was like i like emerged from my bed at like 3 p.m i was like okay yeah you did it you survived (laughs) god yeah it's just not the same anymore no and it's like that is the thing that is like gonna get me to stop drinking at some point in my life i'm just gonna be like i can't do this i can't get hungover anymore like some, you yeah. know, like some people are like, "Oh, I don't drink because like I get too blackout or whatever." I'm like, "No, I'm like really fun when I'm drunk. It's just like not after." Yeah, you just need to plan a day of recovery. But it's not worth. Like, even though, even if you're like, "Oh, I have the time," you're like, "Oh, but I'm spending the time feeling the worst I've ever felt in my life." Like, it just yeah. doesn't make you want to be alive. Yeah. Well, that's why you need to drink in moderation. Okay. Good tip. Good tip from Megan. Megan is like, why not have three drinks instead of seven? I will say, in one of the movies we watched, Mank, um, there was a a throw-up scare. I was like, I needed a warning for this. Why would you make this a throw-up movie? Because every movie that has throwing up becomes a throw-up movie. Like, that's all you remember for me. (laughs) Mm, Okay. That's like the highlight, one and done. It's not a highlight, it's it's a low light, but it it's is It's a low light, but it becomes what you think it, of. It's forever. like I can't, yeah. Oh my god. Well I guess then we're ready. just transition. Yeah. But we're talking about the so, trial of the Chicago Seven first. Yeah, we're t- because Charlotte can't go first. It would <laughs> ruin the flow, I guess. Let me also say that neither of these movies do I have anything to say about or <laughs> do I know what happened? It was like Perfect. a rough week for me. I was like well, this one was a this was a loose uh, loose week for us because well we started with the theme of being like movies really should have seen like by now mm-hmm. because they are nominated for Oscars, 
Um, I had already seen all of them, with the exception of Minari and the Father. Okay. And I was unwilling to pay $20 to watch either of those movies. Oh my god, Because paying $20 to watch a movie in my own home, it's not for me. No. But one of my friends did give me the idea of, she said that what she's been doing is she gets a group of five friends together, and then they all use one Gmail account and then rent the movie using that email account. Mm-hmm. And then they each pitch in money, and then they all watch it. And I was like, together? that's more... Or like, separately? Not even together, just separately. Okay. We're just like, we all have access to it for 48 hours. Makes sense. They're really gaming the system. But, um, anyways... So then, <laughs> I was like, okay, so this scene like doesn't quite work for me. But, like, let's go with it anyways. And then I was like, (laughs) let's try to maybe, like, we'll watch the Oscars, which I did and you did not. I didn't. And I was like, maybe we could do, like, Oscar snubs or, like... Mm -hmm. So, to be honest, I don't know if we have a theme. It's an Oscar week theme. To be honest, we have failed. (laughs) Like, we broke our own rules and we don't really care. And essentially, we're just going to talk about two Oscar movies. I personally think one was snubbed, and the other one, I think, shouldn't have fucking won. So, I will get into my Oscar thoughts, and Charlotte will just talk. (laughs) Nomadland won, right? Yes. Okay. okay. I'm talking... Yeah, there's sub-awards to Best Picture. Thank you, Megan, for clearing (laughs) up what the Oscars are for me. I know that that happened. I did either... Did Mank win anything? Yes. Mank won Best Cinematography. It's over in Black and Over Nomadland. Over Nomadland. I don't even care about Nomadland. My friend and I like, screamed. It doesn't look good at all, though. It also ruined my Oscar pool. Like, I just got wrecked. <laughs> like, from Mank on, shit just went downhill. But I still won, guys. I came out on top no matter what. But it just, it was like when Mank... Thank for our listeners, don't worry, Megan won. Yeah, but like, from when Mank won cinematography, just like, it just was like, straight down. Just things were not going well. Okay, so Mank won cinematography, did Trial of Chicago 7 win anything? They won nothing. Yeah, because it was not a good movie. Interesting, it should have won editing. (laughs) There were such strong and poor editing choices made. No, this was, okay, one, it should have won Best Editing. It did win Best Editing at the Eddie Awards, okay. which is, like, the editor's version of um, the Oscars. Okay. Like, like kind of like how they have SAG and the PGAs and all that stuff. I think that it should have won Editing over Sound of Metal. I didn't see Sound of Metal. Okay. But why? Like, what editing choices were made that you were like, yes? Okay. Well, we'll get into my movie now, because we can talk about it. Trial of Chicago 7, because I have to go first. Okay, but, well, did um, you, like, you didn't really choose the movie. I sort of, you were just sort of like, what do you feel like watching and talking about? <laughs> that is true. That is true. This, mo- this movie Mank. This movie Mank is sort of like, I like yeah. The Social Network, which is a David Fincher film. <laughs> Why am I still talking? <laughs> so, so, so honestly, is this theme this week just Charlotte week? Like, Charlotte wanted like, to watch I like the either movies. of the movies. Okay, I'm interested to get into Trial of Chicago 7 because most people did not like it. I think this is a pretty solid movie. It I for sure it. engaged me. I yeah. laughed, I cried. We'll leave it at that. Okay, yeah, this movie got, a, it's weird, this movie got a lot of hate mm-hmm. and kind of being like, it's very surface level and doesn't do anything new and it's like Sorkin just kind of pontificating and like people were 
really into it, but I thought this was a pretty solid movie. It didn't do anything revolutionary, but I'm like, it did. It's like period piece, courtroom drama. Mm -hmm. I thought it did it well. I thought that this movie definitely benefited from its when it was released. It's definitely a product of the time because this movie dropped right after the George Floyd uh, protest started. So it was coming out, I thought, at an interesting, like, context. Mm-hmm. And so when I watched it initially, when it dropped, I was like, this is really fascinating, given the current climate and the conversations that are happening right now. So I kind of liked it in that watching it again this time, I can see why some people weren't necessarily in love with it. But I still th- I still thought it was solid. I thought it I think a lot of the problem that a lot of people had with it was that it was, I read a letterbox review that was like, it was, it, it ended up being about leftist infighting instead of about anything meaningful or bigger. Sorkin, in everyone's opinion, is sort of a very like Biden liberal in the way that he's like, not actually that progressive. He's like, guys, just make sure you vote. You know, like it's ended up with Sasha Baron Cohen being like, sort of becoming the system and being like, I'm fine with this and I'm gonna like, put on my nice shirt and be be nice for the boys. We have the the good prosecutor, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt, mm-hmm. who, like, stands for the fallen. And it's like, no, you're, like, you're a problem. Like, and of course yeah. it has, you know, the Black Panther Party as sort of a, a toy that it uses but doesn't actually look at. Yeah. No, I thought it was... It's it's super interesting because I totally see all of that. And I think there are problems with it. I think that the the both sidesing of having like the good prosecutor with Joseph Gordon Levitt playing that, I wasn't I wasn't a fan of that because I think it it simplifies the situation way too much. Mm-hmm. But I thought it's a problem. I also watch these movies from being like, because I like how protests and social movements work. I thought it was engaging in an interesting dialogue about how to go about protesting and how different people do it and how different groups do it. But what's interesting is that everyone gave it shit for being like, oh, like it's like join the system and it's not, it's more of like the Biden liberals versus the progressives. Mm -hmm. But when I watch this movie, I'm like, Sasha Baron Cohen and comes out on um, top. Yes, and Jeremy and Strong. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and Jeremy Strong. You're like that is what we should be doing. And fucking Eddie Redmayne's character is Tom Hayden. You're mm-hmm. like gets fucked. It gets fucked. And so like it's interesting. Cause I think that it's it's like oh it's like very like oh like this is how we should go about it. But I watch this movie and I was like fucking Abby Hoffman knows what's up. Mm-hmm. And you have that whole scene where, um. Eddie Redmayne, who I thought was a really bad cast. I thought Eddie Redmayne was really bad. That's that is that is the main issue that people have with this movie that he Talk was a miscast. I don't. That's the thing is I don't know who would else would have played him. I can't picture who else the cast would in the mm. cast would be. The rest of the cast is really really strong, and I think why I like this movie, Sasha. If Sasha Baron Cohen wasn't Abby Hoffman. I don't think I would have liked this movie as much. I just think his performance is fucking incredible. It was really strong. I do feel like his accent came and went sometimes, which <laughs> happens when you're doing like a very weird, what, like Midwestern accent? What was he doing? Like Chicago? Wasn't he from... I honestly don't know. It's an East Coast um, accent, and I'm bad when it comes to that. I thought I it... wouldn't be like Boston, but I don't think I it thought is. He, it I don't sounded it like is. he was local Chicago, but... I thought he was good. 
Oh, but there's the whole scene where um, Tom Hayden is like, you represent like the hippie that we don't want as our image of liberals. Like we we want people who are actually going to get voted into office because you can't get anything done if you get if you don't get voted into office. And Abby's like, you're an idiot, <laughs> basically, yeah. because that's how you know, moderates keep getting elected. It's because you're like, yeah. they're too crazy. Don't vote for them. They'll never win. And it's like, okay, well, if you tell people not to vote for anyway. Yeah. That's the thing is that's why I think this is an interesting movie because I feel like it pushes more for the cultural revolution, Abby Hoffman kind of ideology rather than the Eddie Redman. I keep on switching their names, but Tom yeah. Hayden, like philosophy of stuff. Yeah. But, and I saw that and I thought that was interesting, but I did think, you know, they didn't burn the courthouse down. Not that I, not that I'm inciting a riot, but yeah, it was like, okay, Sasha Baron Cohen testified. They all ended up going to jail, except the two they knew who weren't going to go to jail. Mm -hmm. And it just sort of was like, okay, I guess all I can say is like, it became a story about white protesters in a time period that that shouldn't be released. Yeah. No, and it's it I I agree because it does it's a very like white focused one and they have one scene, only one scene addressing it, where they have kind of after Fred Hampton's assassinated and they go to tell Bobby Seale, mm-hmm. and he's saying, he was like, you're protesting as a fuck you to your parents, and y- y- if you think that's the same as, you know, mm-hmm. oh, being lynched, you're a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. And it does, I think you're right, though, it does use them as a tool. It is, it's almost like you need to watch these movie like trial of chicago 7 has to be watched watched with judas and the black messiah like i feel Mm, like they need to like they they because judas and the black messiah is leads up and is about fred hampton and eventually his assassination how that kind of all plays out Mm -hmm. but watching them together or having seen both they feel like more two pieces talking to each other Mm -hmm. and Judas and Black Messiah gives and elevates that story about Fred Hampton and everything that kind of went down with him. I think the the spotlight and the conversation that's needed for it, and I think they do a really good job of it. I think Judas and the Black Messiah also got robbed at the Oscars. Like, that's a great movie, and I think it was kind of under undersold. But, yeah, I don't know. It's This movie is... It's, yeah, it has its problems, 100%. It was crazy to me when I realized the sort of climactic part where Bobby Seale gets gagged in the courtroom and then he gets a mistrial and there's the sort of, like, Jason Gordelevic's character is like, we can't make him into a martyr. Like, you know, that's going to give every make everybody sympathetic to him. And that's the only reason, obviously, the judge gives him a mistrial. And it's, like, crazy that you're like, oh, that came, like, in the middle. And then we have another hour of just, like, more of the like who cares really like once that happens it's sort of like okay abby hoffman and tom hayden are fighting okay yeah no it is it is wild i think it's also i think what's hard about these types of movies and i'm always someone i give movies a lot of like leeway with this type of stuff where i'm like if you chose to tackle difficult subject and you kind of tried your best and you at least sparked a conversation and handled most of the topics well i'm like okay you know Mm -hmm. we can critique you but i'm like a for effort but i feel like it's hard for a movie based off of a true story where you have to like kind of stay true to like what actually happened and this movie does stay pretty fucking true to what happened with the exception of like the whole bobby seal thing like instead of getting a mistrial right away he was bound and gagged for three fucking days of the trial 
Why would yeah. you skip that? I that's a, a choice I think probably for time, I guess. I don't really know, but that only it so like I this and I think that's also like what's wild about this. I feel like if you didn't take the time afterwards to like look into the actual trial, you'd be like, "This is being extra dramatic." It was this trial was fucking insane. Yeah, like everything about it was insane, and like they don't even go into all of the crazy antics and bullshit that happened. But I feel like it, it's trying to strike a balance of like staying true and getting its point across. Like, and sometimes I think it's a bit heavy-handed, and I don't like the change of when they're reading the names at the end because that didn't really happen in real life. And oh, it, it didn't. Like. I th- I am 90 90- I don't want to be like a hunt like oh this definitely didn't happen but I remember doing a bit of research after I first watched it and that part is not true that did not happen well, that's a dumb ending any I was like okay this is a dumb ending but at least it happened <laughs> yeah no I don't think that part happened so like those are so there's like some weird choices that are made that I don't I don't love. I think the, at the very least, one of my biggest notes was like, God, I hope this judge dies. Like, I wanted him to he die the during the most evil. He was evil. <laughs> evil man I genuinely, like, my, my genuine question. I was like, I, okay, Bobby Seale's lawyer got gallbladder surgery. We're also on day 89 of the trial. Like, how long is this recovery? I, it was just confusing to me that they were like, he was like, I don't have a lawyer. And I was like, that is fucked. How has it been going on this long? Like, where is your lawyer? Are you ever get? can you get a new one? Is that an option? There was a whole bunch of, again, I it's been a while since I researched it, but there was a whole bunch of bullshit going on behind the scenes of keeping him not represented, not represented, and it was like a whole thing, and it was because he was part of the Black Panther Party, mm-hmm. and he was a black man in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so it was, I like, was like, it was super, That was super clear to me up. that, like, stuff was yeah. fucked up, but I was also like, how are we this far into the trial, and, like, he hasn't gotten better yet? You'd think that yeah. if you were represented tink someone in such a high profile case you'd be like i should get back to the courtroom yeah after my surgery <laughs> I, don't I don't know what happened with that but, one but... but that was crazy yeah that i mean yeah it, it did sort of feel i mean it sort of felt a little bit like two stories that could have been told like the sort of like fucked up inclusion of bobby seal in this trial that wasn't about him mm-hmm. and his communication with the black panther party and obviously they were like fred hampton are you giving him legal advice and that was interesting and his yeah mistrial like it could have ended with his mistrial that could have been a movie in itself it could have been that's why i feel like this movie if i was recommended to watch like somebody to watch this i'd be like you have to watch this and judas and the black messiah Mm because otherwise you're missing a whole half of the story Mm -hmm. and you need to understand the black panther movement you need to understand fred hampton and like what they were doing because i'm like that that part is missing in this story and it does highlight the white people in the story Mm -hmm. which is a disservice I didn't I didn't really understand what the trial was about for a very long time. I mean, they were like trying to get them for no reason really on conspiracy charges. But they were like trying to prove that they started a riot. And then other people were like, "No, the police started it." And I was like, "Oh. That's a cool like switch. Like maybe the police did it all." Um my com- well, I okay, two general comments sort of outside of content. Um this is weirdly directed. I really hated the snapshots that they did of Fred Hampton's assassination. That was really poorly handled and just not good. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay. I understand that it was like sort of, and it's like this, it is this story, but it's not this story. And also this story chose not to make it part of this story. So. Yeah. To me, I don't know if that's an, 
it's hard because like the line with directing directing is involved with all different aspects of it but i feel like that goes more into editing Mm -hmm. and i what i did like with the editing why i thought i should have won is i'm like this is a massive fucking story Mm -hmm. to pull together like and to to, and to cut like this must have been a hard movie to cut but i did like the way the technique that they established early on of when they cut in real life archival footage Mm -hmm. into the movie and so like it's weird because you the fred hampton murder is it's a little bit more jarring the way that they use the archival footage editing versus the other times like there's times that it blends really well i think the fred hampton one it didn't it didn't work i mean you're supposed to feel jarred obviously that's the point yeah but it just sort of i thought they did a much better job when they like when they try to take the hill the first time and there you flip back and forth between the actors mm-hmm. and then the actual footage. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's that's what I like about the editing about this movie. And that's why I thought it should have won compared to Sound of Metal. Okay. Sound of Metal should have won sound editing. They did a great job with it. But I'm like, as an for editing, I don't necessarily think that it was the best. Mm-hmm. It was really good, but I didn't think it was the best. Okay. But this one, in terms of like what they're doing with the archival footage and how they're kind of mixing all the stories back and forth, I love the way that they cut from the testimonies on the stand versus what actually happened. I like that kind of dynamic that they built. It did feel dynamic. I didn't love it, which is tough because I do love the social network. And it felt very similar, where you were sort of like, okay, here is the now, here is people explaining their story, and then jump cut to what had actually happened. You know, there was like one witness, and they were like jumping between like what he said in court and what he actually said in real life. And I did feel like some of this like protest footage was weird and like stagey feeling like when Tom Hayden is like letting the air out of the tire and he has that whole conversation with Rennie and the sort of like when Rennie gets his skull cracked open and John Hayden Tom Hayden is like you know taking the microphone it was like this is just like too dramatic and like I don't know and then yeah. you would just like cut I, back to a quiet courtroom and you'd be like, what are we? T- uh, I don't know. They didn't, you this one is build. definitely this one's definitely playing into a bit of the courtroom melodrama, that's for sure. This movie feels a little dated yeah. for being a 2020 release. I think that's really the problem with it. And I think that's why people aren't loving it mm-hmm. is because it it's it feels like it would have worked in a different time. And it's just not working as well this year, Mm -hmm. maybe. Where you're supposed to just be like, oh my god, the judge is being mean. And now everybody's sort of like, duh. Yeah. Yeah, the criminal justice system doesn't work. Duh. And to be honest, it's Sorkin's not doing anything new with this. No, no, no. He's following his formula. He's telling a story that interests him in a way that he always does. Yeah. Whatever. I guess. I mean, there were definitely there were definitely some good points. This movie, my other comment is this movie's really funny. It has great notes of comedy. At a the lot way of points. that it's... they leverage Jeremy Strong yeah. and Sasha Baron Cohen is brilliant. I, they, like, yeah. And this whole like They're great. Build... The stand-up things that he's doing. Yes. Which is a little weird because then you're sort of like you're just getting so many streams of information, which is the point. Yeah. But it is a little bit. You're like, really? Do we really need him to recount what happened in a comedy stage? Like, we don't really care. We already know. But, um, yes, I this weird, like, Sasha Baron Cohen build to him being, like, actually smart and actually, like, well-spoken. He's actually read everything Tom Hayden's ever written. It's like, okay. That felt cheesy. 
And mm-hmm. like he could have just it's, stayed this himself. It's definitely melodramatic and cheesy. Yes, yeah, which is not my fave. Though I do think, like again, one of the funnier moments is when Jeremy Strong catches that egg. Oh my god, it was so funny! And then when he goes, I don't even remember what he was saying. And then it's something like Hayden calls them in the very beginning and is like, I don't know, are we gonna like fuck these people up or are we gonna like hold a pro? And he goes, Tell Hayden I went to Brandeis and I can do both. <laughs> I think it's very funny. Yeah. I, There's a lot I also of wrote down, moments. I have an egg. <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, do you want to maybe get rid of that? And he's like, you think I haven't thought about that? Yeah. They're like, you don't know what to do with it. The the joke, the Allen Ginsberg war chant when they're going back, like there is a lot of notes of comment. I think at one point they're like, Ginsburg, you're killing me, man. Like, what are you doing? Or just like Jeremy Strong, just like reeling. He the way that he portrays um portrays jerry rubin i i again i don't know if that's accurate to him as a person but just like the way that he's like dealing with the fbi agent he's in love with who like yep. is playing the character and he's just like she didn't have to break my heart man yeah. like that's just so messed up that like, was such a weird part just that woman i was like you're so quickly just gonna let this woman like do everything with you and also tell you what to do like as also like i could see leaders of a protest that. As we've discussed everything, we have learned that apparently men are just like, yes, woman, do whatever. Yes, women. This, um, I also like, when he was like, why did you come here? And he was like, I was invited by a grand jury. <laughs> like, he's telling, he's asking Abby that. I think Tom asked Abby that. And he's like, what do you mean, why did I come here? <laughs> I had to. Yeah. Um, and I really like the part wh- where, um, after one of the earlier courtroom parts, they're interviewing Abby and Jerry. And they ask one of the people is like, um, why won't Bobby Seale let anyone represent him? And Jerry's like, you've posed that question in the form of a lie. <laughs> Which yeah. is true. Like, it's good writing. Like, Aaron Sorkin knows how to write dialogue, I think. Yeah. No, it's... This movie is... Um, I think it's a solid movie. And I don't think that it can, anyone can be like, this is a poorly made movie. Like, it's not really what I'm looking for. But I do think that... Comparing to Sound of Metal, I think in terms of editing of the ones that were nominated, it should have gotten this. And I think any other year, Sasha Baron Cohen could have won. I don't know. His accent was dicey, but he was good. I really liked him. I'm also just a huge fan he of was, his. He, I so. am a fan of his. And he was given an interesting character to portray. And he did mm-hmm. a good job of that. A lot of my notes for this were just sort of like, God, that was lame, or that was cheesy, or that was dramatic, but like, I am crying. <laughs> or yeah. like, oh, but I did laugh. Or like, oh, that did work. Yeah. It's one of those things where I feel like people can criticize this movie, but I think they're lying a little bit if they're not like, mm, it did do it, what it was it trying to do. It affected me. Yes. Yeah. And I like, it's, felt it's, a lot of It's things. problematic at times. It doesn't deal with the whole like aspects of the story. But like, this is a movie made by someone who knows how to make a movie. Yes. And it's, you can tell. And I would say that the same story in like less deft hands would definitely be way worse. Yeah. I didn't love this, but, you know, there were really good, there were really nice parts of it, some parts of it. Yeah. And, you know, it was something I knew nothing about. But there were a lot of, like, sort of, like, those quippy, like, quick, sort of, like, dramatic lines that I do think we've sort of aged out of. Mm-hmm. I think that's the part, like I said, this movie would have worked a whole lot better five to ten years ago. I don't know why, though. Ago. 
I think because it's the same way. Like, you you have to come up with a new way of doing things. And Mm -hmm. we've seen this before. We've seen the courtroom drama. And you got to bring your own fresh take to it. Yeah. You, there should have been a fresh take brought to this. I guess you could argue, like, this is something I honestly wouldn't have known about, really. I guess I would have mm-hmm. seen Judas and the Black Messiah, and then I would have known about coming yeah. to it. But, you know, I learned something. Like, how else are you sort of going to bring these important past, past, you know, pre- things that set a precedent for what we're going through now? Yeah. It's like, how else yeah. am I going to? I'm not going to, like, Google that on my own. I should, but I'm not yes. going to. Yeah. But again, this movie does rely heavily on the context in which it's released. Mm-hmm. And I think that is both a good thing and a bad thing. Like, again, would it be as good? Would it be as successful at a different time? Not so sure. Yeah. I will say my favorite line is when Tom and Rennie are talking. And he's talking about how his, like, girlfriend doesn't like that he, like, protests. Tom's like, seems like it could be in a healthier relationship. He goes, I know, but for now, this is the one I got. And I felt that so strongly. We all feel <laughs> it. was like, everything about this could be better. He's like, well, until that happens, I will not break up with her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All I will say, though, is I liked Trial way better than I liked Mank. Mank was so bad. Okay, thank you, because I, this is my second time watching it, and I literally was, like, skipping around, because I was like, I do not like this movie. This is the Emperor Has No Clothes of the Oscars, like, I don't, it was I'm just not a like, fan. I picked it because this was the one, I like David Fincher, I like Social Network, and I was like, okay, this seems like something that Hollywood has done six million times before, but it had, I don't know, it had enough talk about it this Oscar season that I was like, people like Amanda. It got the most nominations. Yeah. People this like thing Amanda was the Oscar Seyfried. darling and I don't understand I why. I am, I cannot like with my physical body do another movie where I have to look at an old ugly man the whole time. Especially if he is sickly, especially if he's an alcoholic, especially if he doesn't take care of himself in any way. I'm literally like, I can't. Like, I'm over it. Like, are you gonna make me do that again? Yeah. <sighs> and this movie is so Oscar Beatty. It's so Oscar so Beatty, and I, it's boring. The fact that it's this in black and white is whatever. Like, what is this movie about? This movie is Megan. about bank. That's not a good enough plot. I, like, is this about it's one of the those writing things, of this... Citizen Kane? Is this about an argument yes. between Orson and Mank? Is this about being a Republican or a Democrat? Is this about Sinclair versus Miriam? Like, what is the This point? is the story of writing Citizen Kane. And as a film nerd, I know this story backwards and forwards. And I think maybe that's also why I hate it is I'm like, I know the story. This doesn't add anything. Can you wear a Hawkins, Indiana t shirt? Oh, yeah, because it's my, I got it for free. <laughs> I like it. It's, it's nicely designed. Right? Yeah. Representing Stranger Things. Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> but. <laughs> Just noticed. I got it. Like someone was like, "I got this. I don't want it." And I was like, "Stranger I'll Things take fell a free apart t-shirt. so hard." Oh, like when they tried to bring in like new cast members and like make it like snappy and fun to watch. I was like, "Is this Riverdale?" Anyway, yeah, it got it got real bad. And this is a shirt from a bad season. Maybe that's why the person was like, "I don't mm-hmm. know if I want this anymore." But I was like, "I'll take a free t-shirt. I don't care. It's comfy." Okay, okay, Megan. Megan's like, "More things? Yes, <laughs> yeah, give me." Okay. Anyway, talking Mank. about the story of the Reading Citizen Kane. Yes, and like I like 
I know the story. I don't think it's it's been told. If you're like in the industry, you fucking know it. And this movie is clearly playing to people in the industry. I don't think it's for the general viewer. So I don't understand why people are loving it that much. Um, and yeah, because it like that's the thing is like the writing of Citizen Kane then automatically deals with the whole Orson Welles feud with. Um, Rand- William Randolph Hearst like it mm-hmm. just like so it encompasses all of that mm-hmm. and I just didn't find it that interesting it was really boring we spent so much of it at like a healing house why he's just laying he in hates bed his wife. he's laying in bed somebody is like bringing him alcohol my whole time I was like why is this and then I was like oh is it prohibition no but like why is everyone so secretive oh, there um, I mean, I know it's because is... he's an alcoholic, but even like yeah. that woman has like a that woman Amanda Seyfried has like a bottle like under her bent like her outdoor bench. Maybe she's just also an uh, yeah. Alcoholic. I think when was Prohibition was not. It was like the... everybody is weird about drinking. Yeah, I don't know. I like I would have to look into it. I I don't know my Prohibition okay. era. I don't care at all. Like drinks. I don't. I think Prohibition was earlier. So, but like, I don't why know. did he need to get the alcohol in like? secret was that just because orson like didn't want him drunk or was i that- think it was because there was some i forget i because i think i skipped over this part on the rewatch because i was like i don't fucking mm-hmm. care it was something about the fact that like it wasn't allowed in that house or like those oh were the rules. yes and so that. they like snuck it in but he's an alcoholic and they don't really want him drinking and then the little bottles are actually drugged That's, i think that was the weirdest thing is like when he drinks the little bottle and they have to like call in a doctor i'm like I thought someone brought these bottles for him. Yeah, I, I even watching that the second time, I was like, I don't quite fully understand that storyline. Clearly, it's based on something. Yeah. Um, I just think that they really wanted to recreate the Citizen Kane snow globe shot, but this time with an alcohol bottle. Mm. Bottle, and I was like, guys, we get it. We are in Citizen Kane. They literally, it. he literally they, writes this, the end of it as he throws the bottle against the that's fireplace. The, that's what bugged me about this movie is like it was trying so hard to be cute like it was just like really being like guess what we're making a movie about one of the most famous best movie of all time and the hollywood era like they even have the fucking little like like the burn ins and like the little blips that happen during an old yes. fashioned real change and everything where i'm like we get it you're it's like such doing a stupid it. choice to like make it, it is black and you white. You like it for the first twenty minutes. I never That's the liked thing is you like I I like it at the beginning. You're like oh I get it I see it like it's cool. Mm-hmm. I like that they like do the old fashioned opening titles and I was like okay I'm here for it. But then I was like now nah, I'm over it. We've it's yes. the same game. And we know over that you're and over faking and over it again. It's like you can't. Why are you trying to recreate that? I thought that's why I'm and the living lines this were one like best it. cinematography. This one best cinematography and there is no reason. Why like, it should have beat Nomadland. The way that so many characters talked was as if they were in a bad Hollywood script, which is sort mm-hmm. of the point. But, like, they're weird, like, talking to themselves. There was a lot of talking to yourself, like, mumbling and aside. Yes. I was like, is this a bad play? And a lot play? of, like, exterior shots, yes. flashbacks. I mean, that like, was we a get dumb it. choice. We the get flashbacks. It. And then this whole horrible end scene where he just throws up on the floor and he's just, like, Ends up the whole climax is just like he got drunk enough to tell what he thought the whole time. It's like who cares? Yeah. Do you know what my biggest problem with this movie Ooh. is? 
I don't know. Mine is that they cast Bill Nye and then have him for two minutes and you don't even see he's, his face. He's up in Sinclair, right? Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, one, because Bill Nye was my fucking childhood where I'm like, bring Bill Nye. I want Bill Nye full force. If you're going to make a bold casting choice, like Bill Nye, because you're not casting him because he's an actor. No. You're casting him because he's fucking Bill and Nye. And you're like, oh, he has that type of vibe. But I'm like, if you're giving me Bill Nye, Give me I Bill want Nye. Bill Nye. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think my original letterbox review was not yeah. enough Bill Nye. Not enough Bill Nye. That's, that's the only thing to say about this movie. Like, I hate that he hates his wife. I hate that... I don't understand they cast a British woman as his American wife and an American woman as his British secretary. Why? <laughs> like, I don't get it. Like, sometimes I literally was like, okay, so Eddie Redmayne is playing Tom Hayden. Like, just find an American. Like, why, why make your work harder for you? Here's my theory. Because there's a whole lot of, like, British, British, Australian actors playing Americans. Mm -hmm. Do we not have enough good American actors? Is that the problem? Are they not trying hard enough to find them? Are American actors on their way out? I don't Is understand it the British how that's possible. If you're sort of, but like if, literally, like I'm like, are like they most trained? of the actors that I think of now, I'm like British, 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 British. Don't worry, we have our Adam Driver Indiana baby. <laughs> don't worry, Middle America, we have Adam Driver. <laughs> it's literally all that we have. He was born in San Diego, anyway. Yeah, this movie was stupid. So much of this was just me, like, groaning and just being like, what? I will say the one scene or kind of, like, sequence section that I thought was good um, was when – I forget the name of the studio guy, but the, the suicide Oh, I that didn't happens. like that. Mm -mm. I, I thought it was an interesting reveal, though, of, like, the bullets. Like, that you're like, I got the bullets from him, and then, you know, he didn't. I literally was like, no, why, not why are fan. you fine with not taking the... Just take the gun. If he's giving you the bullets, just take the gun, too. Like, I get it. He does not make good decisions. That's the thing. Why Why do we have to watch movies about people who are just unlikable? And who are just, like, a bad person? Like, I hate the end scene where he's like, Sarah, why do you put up with me, hun? And it's like, yeah, you're a dick to her. Like, why does she put up with you? And why do you keep asking? You know that the answer is I should stop, you know? Yeah, this movie, like, it sucks to be a woman in this movie. Of course. One of the most brutal lines ever is when he's calling the wife of the guy who later commits suicide. And he's like, don't worry, Eve, I'll get her, get her yeah. back. And she's like, that's the first one. Yeah. Bye. He, kept, he keeps like, calling her Faye. Oof. And she's like, I'm Eve. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like. Or no, is it? I forget if it's Eve or it's I'm Faye. One of the, they're, they're okay, <laughs> cool. They're flipped. Yes. And then, honestly, the problem I have, obviously, with all of these movies, there's too many white guys for me to remember who is who. So they're like, he's like, Shelly's gonna kill himself. I'm like, who's Shelly? Is he the guy you gave the dollar to or no? Mm-hmm. So that was an issue. I mean, some of the lines are good. Like, I mean, he's supposed to be, like, known for his wit. So that's his whole thing is that he's, like, always there with, like, a snappy line. Like, are you ever serious, Mank? Only about something funny. It's like... Yeah. Okay, we get it. We need three of them, and then we're done. Yeah. Also, people people really love Gary Oldman's performance in this, and I think it's fine. He's bad. I don't think it's anything special. No, he was kind of a bad cast. I I'm not interested in looking at him at all. Sometimes I'm just like, you know, like Rick from Rick and Morty. 
It's like, do we need to make a whole movie wow, about him? Sorry, just like what? What this a man is Rick We're talking about Mank, and then you're like, but he is. Rick and he's Morty. like annoying to everyone who loves him. His whole thing is that he's like witty and smart and like the best at his thing, and he's an alcoholic. And we just keep having to listen to him burp the whole fucking time. It's like, how is this any different? You can pull the most insane comparisons. I love it. I think it's quite accurate. But yeah, there were. What was the point of this? I don't remember. That Mank is Bad. Rick Sanchez? Mank is, no, Mank is just... Uh, I just was like, this is a stupid movie that I didn't need to see. Ever. Yeah, what made you want to see it, though? Because you were like, this is my movie. Because I week. saw the little... Because I... I think it's because people talked about it. Because people were like, this is good. And it got a bunch of nominations. And I was like, oh, this sounds like a dumb movie. But maybe... Like, I trusted David Fincher a little bit. And I was like, maybe it's actually cooler than I think it's going to be. And maybe the black and white sort of... I thought... I think maybe I thought it was going to be more like a... Like, Baz Luhrmann's Great Gatsby. Like, more like... <laughs> you know? And it was uh-huh, just yeah. fucking boring. And we just had to yeah. watch him with a broken leg in a hot house. Yeah, I I watched this twice Megan. for the pod. For the <laughs> Megan pod. Took one for the pod, everyone. Yeah. I took one for the pod. And then this pod. whole just like reoccurring thing of like men calling upon each other and being like, I need to see you, I need to talk to you. Let's and it's just like over and over again, they're just like, He's on your side, he's against you, you've lost your touch, you're the best, blah blah. It's like just a bunch of people talking. Yeah. And like some of the like scenes are kind of fun because they take place in Hearst Castle mm-hmm. or Xanadu, which is the other name for it. Yeah, like when she have you been there before God, or no. no? Oh my gosh, when I was a kid, it's wild. Also, the worst thing about this is his fucking tie, his teeny tie. He looks like a clown. What? <laughs> I got really mad there. I honestly can say I do not remember the tie. Do I need to watch it a third it's like time? It's way too wide for how long it is until he looks like a clown. Um, enough of me calling Gary Oldman ugly. <laughs> I should cut that all out. That's just like, why? Why the hate, Charlotte? No, you gotta, you gotta stick with it. You gotta, gotta stick to my guns. Yeah. Um, you know what's weird? Unrelated. Um, my friend this week watched Spirited Away for the first time, like as an adult. And he was like, it doesn't, I don't really like the story. Like, it's sort of just like, this happens, then this happens, then this happens. And I was like. That's a movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, we all, like, yes. Things happened in movies, yes. yes. And I understand what he's saying. He was like, it didn't really seem strung together that well. But I was sort of like, the point of that movie is that, like, she's put in a situation. And this is just everything that unfolds from that situation. Like, nothing is cut out. Nothing is chosen. It's just like, she's living. You know, like. When a movie, like, Mank decides, like, okay, we're going to show this scene, we're going to show this flashback, we're going to, sh- like, tell our story by choosing these specific events. It's like, Spirited Away is just, like, what unfolds over a course of three days or whatever while she tries to get her parents to not be pigs. Like, there's nothing to tamper with there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously you're creating the plot, but in theory it's just, like, what happened to her? Anyway... There's... So wait, are you like pro that or anti that? No, I'm, I'm, I mean, his read is not wrong, but it's like, <sighs> it's weird because it's an animated movie, obviously, so it's not realistic and it's not like the telling of a real story. But to me, it's like, oh, you're just telling a story of what happened yeah. to this girl. You're not picking yeah. and choosing events. Anyway, 
this I feel like people are too hard out here on movies. Like, my God. Like, just be like nice. Like they're trying. No, I I'm I think we should be hard on movies. I think fewer movies should be made. Oh god. <laughs> Mank should not have been made. Trial of the Chicago Seven should not have been made. I'm very like pro movies. So like keep making them, guys. Megan's like, guys, try your best. And I'm like, you yeah. don't succeed, you fail. <laughs> Never make anything Never again. Never create art. Are you idiots? Yeah. Oh my god. But I will say I don't understand the Mank love. Especially this Oscar. It was so boring. I think it to watch. snuck. I think it snuck in because it was a weird year and um, there wasn't much else that could be nominated. I mean, I'm sure it would have been nominated regardless, just because it's sort of. The, you're right. Very totally masturbatory for them. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. It's like a very circle jerk movie. Yes. Like it's like, like we all we, know this. We like we're in on the joke. We love yeah. the sort of like, you know changing hands of money and power of old Hollywood. It's like, who cares? Like, I don't care about RKO, MGM, Hearst. Like, none of that interests me. Yeah. The only thing that I can take away from this movie is that Amanda Seyfried, or Seyfried? What is it? I don't know. Seyfried or Seyfried? Seyfried? I don't know. I don't know. She just looks gorgeous and She had, when she goes, I think it's when she goes to see... Mank at his like convalescing home or whatever. She's wearing an amazing backless dress, but it has like the ruffle on the top. I thought about it so much. I was like, this dress is made. Beautifully. Every outfit she wears is incredible. Her hair, incredible. Her lipstick, lipstick, incredible. incredible. Yes. She looks amazing. And again, one of my, I, there's not a lot that I like about this movie, but when Mank goes and is like, oh, can you go back and convince them? And she's like, I made my exit. I can't go back. Iconic. Because I literally was like, I feel her immediately. She was like, I have left. And I'm like, yes, you have. You actually have left. Yes. I literally dragged my trailer out with me. Like, I cannot turn around. Yeah. Like, this is me. This is who I am. And then, But then I, I did think it was weird that that ended up sort of being framed as, like, why Shelly killed himself. Is that she, like, wasn't willing to, like, go back and be like, Hearst wants the commercial pulled, you know? I don't know. I never thought about it like that. But you're right. I thought that the sort of suicide of Shelley was a little bit like manipulative, yeah, of the viewer a little bit of just oh, being like yeah, you yeah, should yeah. feel like they did so wrong because this man died, and it's like, yeah, they did wrong for other reasons. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I feel like this. What makes this movie like so melodramatic is that it's like clearly playing into the themes of Citizen Kane of like oh, what does art do to the artist and, mm-hmm. like, you know, all the weight and pressure of it. Mm-hmm. And they do that with Mank and his alcoholism and they do that with the guy and the suicide and, like, all, all that stuff. And we're like, we get it. You are rehashing Citizen Kane. We are, we know it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's too much. Also, just, like, at some point, it's sort of an eye roll to be like, oh, it's really hard for you to make your art. Like, okay. Yeah. But Amanda... Amanda Seyfried's fucking looks yeah. incredible. And we will Good for leave her. You there.